Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Hey guys, this is Liz Candace. This is Nikki Collin. What up guys, this is Ethan Carson. Hey, this is Imani Lee Stafford. Hey, this is Jordan Canada. This is Asia Wilson. Welcome to the WNBA Nation. We're back. WNBA Nation. We missed you so much. <laughs> Welcome back to, uh, kind of, I guess, officially our first real off-season episode of WNBA Nation. My name is Kyle Haywood, and I am joined tonight by my good friend, cohort, and housemate, Logan Jones. How's it going, Logan? Buongiorno, Kyle. Oh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> we, we have missed. Uh, all of you, especially you here hanging out with us here on our Twitch channel tonight as we, as we hop back into things. We took a little bit of a, a, a small break. Um, we went really, really heavy in playoff coverage. Um, did a quick recap episode after Chicago won the title. And then, uh, we just needed, we needed just a, a little bit of a hiatus because there was a lot that went down. Yeah, um, we Logan, our, tell we us winter, what uh, you did. Yeah, we had our winter meetings. You know, we got together as uh, as co-owners of the show and talked about what we want to do in the future. Um, I also went to Italy for three weeks in there, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, which was not great timing on my part, admittedly. So next year when I go again, I'll have to I'll have to keep that in mind. But um, <laughs> I had a bunch of bunch of work when I came back from that from that hiatus that kept me from you guys. And I'm proud to report that we are through that and we are ready to you know, get back into WNBA news, college basketball news. I was really proud of how we covered uh, the season and the playoffs this year for the WNBA. I think uh, we're going to apply more of that coverage to kind of the ins and outs of the college season now coming up. So if you're into everything that leads into the March Madness bracket come March, which is obviously a big time of year for us. Uh, don't go anywhere because we're going to be here for you covering all that. Um, but I was far from the only one who was busy uh, over the last month of break. Kyle, I'll, I'll toss it back to you and you can report on <laughs> yourself and our co-hosts. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So uh, I I took this this little bit of a, a break. I took an opportunity. Um, I went and got LASIK eye surgery, which was nice. Uh, that actually didn't take too long. That was uh, just a couple days of recovery. I'm I'm loving it, though. My eyes feel great. So for those of you on Twitch who are watching, if you notice me putting eye drops in, it's because it's only been about a week since I got that. And, uh, I got to keep my eyes, uh, from getting too dry. So I'll be, I may be putting some eye drops in here and there. Um, my wife also took some time and she's in a play right now. And so she's off at rehearsals and performances, which means that, uh, every single night I've had a chance to just have some daddy daughter time with my two little ones. And, uh, that's been a blast, but it obviously cut into some of our streaming and recording time. Um, but that's all right. Just, just trying to focus on, uh, being a good dad. And so we did that for a little bit. Um, my wife's play finishes up this weekend. And so we'll be back into a little bit more of a, a better rhythm there for our evenings. Jason has a new wonderful child, uh, Yay! that has entered into the world. Congratulations to Jason and Cammie. Um, so excited for them on their new baby boy. 
Um, so the WNBA family and the WNBA nation family in particular, uh, grew by at least one, uh, here in the last, uh, couple weeks. So we're we happy a, about that. Do we need a drop for WNBA babies? We should come up with, we have to come up with our own. Yeah. Like audio that, <laughs> that happens for WNBA, WNBA nation babies. There's cause there's probably going to be at least a couple more before, uh, before <laughs> all of us are done. Uh, so well, I mean, I figure you're you're gonna you've got a couple ahead in your future don't, at some point. Don't, don't bank on me, right? <laughs> uh, we'll see. We're we're maybe a fifty fifty shot right now if Clyde and I have any more. Um, Steve and Jenny, perhaps, and Jason and Cammy, perhaps, maybe some more babies are in the works. We should get some audio for that. Um, Steve has been absolutely crushing it at his job. Um, he's taken some uh, opportunities there, and obviously, he's still um being just dad of the year with, with their two, uh, little ones there. And, um, you know, with, with Liza, their, their new little, uh, girl that's been around a few months now, but, um, yeah, just exciting that, um, exciting for them. He had, uh, his work, uh, or his, his laptop that he uses for, um, recording also, uh, had to go in and, and have some updates and, I don't know if repairs is correct, but uh, at least it, it was out of his commission for about a week and a half. And we just decided, you know what? Let's take some time. Let's get some stuff hammered out at home. And then let's come back strong. But we have not been, um, we've not been completely absent from working on the show. Logan, we've actually had some, some little uh, meetings and some ideas going on behind the scenes here as far as what we've got coming um during the off season, maybe some additional social media content. Um, uh, obviously W history stuff that we're going to be talking about. Um, and just additional ways that we can connect with more members of the WNBA and women's basketball community. Um, but yeah, that's, that's kind of where we're at. Am I missing anything, Logan on, no, on, uh, uh, just, yeah, know that we're not going anywhere. We got your back for, Everything. I mean, we're going to be covering every WNBA game because I know it's hard for, for you guys during the season to catch all of them. Um, obviously, it's it's impossible to cover every college basketball game because there's 300 <laughs> teams. Um, but we are going to do our annual you know run up to March Madness and our brackets and and taking a look at everything in March. But we we want to make sure that we're doing stuff um, now, kind of in what we consider the WNBA off season because a lot of pro players are still playing overseas. Um, this is a little bit of a brag, but I actually noticed that several players were getting to Italy while I was still there, and I was trying Ooh. to figure out how I could like catch a game or something. It didn't end up working out. That'd be cool, was, you know. Over there, like this is their this is not their off season. Um, they they still have things going on. People get hurt. People score thirty points in a night. People get triple doubles. Caitlin Clark's already tearing up the college game. Uh, we want to keep you informed for all of that. So, in a nice tidy little package, you can listen to in your car. You're going to be up to date on all things. WNBA and women's college basketball. And we're excited for that. Absolutely. We'll be doing uh, probably more so on the, the college basketball side than on the Euro league or overseas play. Um, there's a lot of outlets already. Um, and we probably, it's just a little bit more in our comfort zone as far as what we have c- connection wise um, uh, to cover the college scenes. So we'll probably do a little bit more on that, but that's not to say we're ignoring overseas play. We'll obviously, be following big storylines there. Um, we'll have some free agency coming up this off season that we're going to yes. be talking about. Um, the off season sometimes uh, I actually almost prefer our off season content to our in season content simply because we get to have some creativity. We get to have some of the discussions that uh, maybe get pushed to the side during the season um, that I think are, are some sometimes more uh more entertaining more fun and we get to play around with it a little bit so it's yeah absolutely I- i'm really excited about our off season excited to get back rolling um so make sure that you uh that you're ready for more WNBA uh chat and women's basketball chat coming through on your podcast feed um logan before we get uh, any further would you want to uh run the gambit or run the what am, I don't know. Whatever that phrase yeah, yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, I got you. Does it run the gambit? <laughs> I think it's gamut. Gamut. Gambit is a super That's, dope X-Men. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> with the cards. Who you Run can the gamut. Now because you can see infinite distances. Yeah, uh, I've got laser vision. <laughs> yeah, I got lasers in my eyes. So I thought I was getting yes. laser vision. It just turns out I can actually just see stuff now. But uh, hey, anyway, <laughs> give us the rundown of where everybody can connect with us uh, if this is their first time listening to the show. Yeah, so if this is your first time, we record all of our episodes while we live stream on Twitch. So if you want your ideas, your your potential segments, your questions answered, things like that, um, come go ahead and uh, give us give us a look at Twitch. I know we have a couple followers uh, tonight that they've been listening to the show for a long time. This is their first time following the stream. We're excited to have them here. Um, so absolutely go. And if you have an Amazon Prime account, which most of you probably do, every month that you choose to use that account to subscribe to us, which is free... Um, the show gets a little bit of a kickback and you don't have to spend anything. And then we can use that on better equipment and sending people to games and things that support the show because it's not our full-time jobs. Um, so we really appreciate all of those people who have come and subscribed on Twitch. Uh, you can also follow us on Twitter at WMBA Nation Pod. That's where a lot of the discussion is going to be happening after the show, especially with uh, you know highlights and clips that we hope to be putting out um, of the show. You're going to see more of that throughout the year. So we're excited about that. Um, you can also help grow the show through donations and getting merch. We have a merch page. Uh, you can go ahead and find that at it's Store Envy. I don't remember. Store Envy. Store. Yep, Store Envy. Yes, and it's pretty cool. We got the we got the new designs from uh, this playoff run that's that's up there. If you haven't seen those yet, so go ahead and check out Store Envy. And I think that's all the plugs. Kyle, we've put it off long enough. We've got WNBA playoff stuff to talk about. Yes. <laughs> Yes. Um, I'm just, uh, Logan, we got a new WNBA playoff format announced officially today. Let's just hop right into that. We've got some other topics that we'll, we'll hit on, but we'll hit those on the end here. Let's come in hot with this. They've changed it. The Chicago Sky were so, they, they came into the playoffs and messed around and broke teams down in such a way as a six seed that the WNBA had to just throw that whole old playoff structure out and say, you know what? We're going to, we're going to make this like resemble some other uh, playoff situations here. So we have eliminated the buys and the double buys, Logan. That's the first thing that I think is impactful before we talk about series and whatnot. They've eliminated buys and in particular that huge advantage of the double buy scenario for the one and two seeds. Um, why do you think that's such a significant change for them to make? Well, I like this. I, I think there needs to be a certain amount of consistency between the playoffs and the regular season. Um, mm. And nothing, there was no advantage in professional sports like the top seed in the WNBA was getting in the playoffs. It, it kind of eliminated the chance for there to be complete chaos this year, notwithstanding, because you had a Chicago Sky team that was much better than the sixth seed, but because they sucked at the beginning of the year, they fell to the sixth seed. But for the most part, you don't get crazy upsets because what was happening was you had the top two teams in the league automatically in the semis. So you knew who was going to be in the final four and you knew they were going to be playing the lowest possible seed. There was no reseed or there was reseeding in the old, in the old system. So every round, um, the lower seed would, would get you know, they would, they would be forced to be the most amount of underdog they could possibly be. Whereas this, uh, this new system is just a true 18 bracket. Um, it's a lot easier to visualize. I think it's going to be a lot easier for new fans of the league to grab hold of, which is why my take on this is that they almost had to do this. Um, I, I think I like almost all of the changes. I think universally they make sense. Um, you're still going to get a one seed versus an eight seed. And instead of sitting for like a week and a half, getting cold on the, on the bench, watching other teams play, they're going to continue right from the regular season into the playoffs and, and, you know, not have any rest to knock off. Right. So for the most part, I think the best teams are going to continue to move through the playoffs, but there's also a little bit of an advantage. Now, if you do, you know, if you knock off that top seed or the second seed or something like that, your, your path doesn't get reseeded. You just continue on, um, through the bracket, it means that it's going to be a little bit easier to predict matchups, right? Um, and maybe maybe hype hype up uh, potential clashes down the line. Which, for the sake of this show and for watchability, I think is all really great. Um, but for for the most part, I I'm glad the buys are gone. I, I think it's good that the one and two seeds 
we're getting an advantage, but it just seemed too vast. And Agreed. I, I want there to be kind of a balance between the best teams in the regular season should like, should be the best teams in the postseason, And most of the time they should probably be in contention to win it all. But I want, I want a chance of chaos. You know, I want to, ch- I want the Phoenix Mercury to be able to make a run if they get in as the six or seven seed or what have you. Um, cause that's fun. You know, next year, if the, the New York Liberty suddenly catch fire at the end of the season and they roll right in the playoffs as the six seed. Um, just, you know, uh, other sports work this way already. It kind of comes down to like, how well are you playing at the right time of year? Right. Um, and I, I think that matters a lot more now. So, um, they also did away with single elimination rounds. That's kind of the companion. Yeah. That's, that's, that's another like interesting part of this is not just, just not just eliminating the buy situation, but also completely eliminating the single elimination round. So yeah. Yeah. What what kind of an impact do you think that's going to (laughs) have? Well, this, this might be my only controversial opinion. I think for the most part, everybody's good with these changes. Um, I think it's now a best of three and then a best of five. And then the finals is a best of five. That's the new setup. I think that's better for the league. It's better for the sport. It makes the most sense, but I'll still kind of miss the single elimination rounds. Mm. If I'm being honest, because I think some of the most dramatic moments in the past couple of years of the postseason have happened in those opening rounds. Um, and it, it does, it kind of captures the pure magic of the March madness. Anything can happen, you know, thing that you get with basketball, but you had to do it right. Like this is, this is a professional league that's trying to take steps, you know, further into the spotlight, get more media exposure, um, pitch, you know, pitch things to, uh, you know, like get TV deals and pitch things to audiences. And and I think you can't do that if you don't know who's going to host what round and someone's going to get reseeded or someone's going to get bumped out and it's going to throw off the whole, you know, I, I don't know. It, it, it just helps, I think, from a marketing standpoint. And right. as much as it sucks, like that is part of what this league needs a lot of right now. So, um, I'll, I'll, I'll be sad to see the single elimination rounds go, but it's for something better. I think that when you can build a little bit of a storyline within a series, I think that's always good. Um, I'll, I'll kind of take that approach to it that while, yeah, there was drama during those, single elimination rounds. I think that the ability to build some sort of drama, like let's say that low seed comes in and steals game one. Now all of a sudden people are watching the rest of that series. You know what I mean? Instead of, instead of having now it be completely over and it's like, Oh, cool upset. And then they move on to play another team. If that low seed just steals game one, all of a sudden more eyes get on it. Cause they're like, Oh, What's what's about to go down in this series, not just in, you know, uh, not just in that one off game. So yeah, I, I, I think that could be all, a positive spin. We all on feel it. this way. Right. Every time there's a really dramatic finish to a single elimination game, we think, wow, that was a great game. I really wish we could get more like I, I want to see the retaliation. Like, right. I want to see the the part that like the the I want to see Phoenix strike back or Minnesota strike back. Like, can they make adjustments? And that's really what playoff basketball is all about is the, the adjustments and the tinkering and figuring other teams out and like executing better in game two. And now you get to see a lot more of those teams kind of develop and figure each other out instead of go and play like this high stakes one off. You know, I, I still kind of wish they would do something. And maybe this is for down the road, because um, right now you can't do it with 12 teams. You can't have 10 teams playing playoff games in a 12 team league. Right. But I do sort of enjoy what the NBA is doing right now with the nine and 10 seeds getting a chance to play their way into the playoffs. Um, but it's like a treacherous path to get there. They, they make it pretty difficult. I, I would like to see at some point down the line, like maybe you give the eight and nine seed like a one off against each other for that. Yeah, last like a wild spot. card spot. Yeah. Yeah. Like baseball's game 163 is, is one of the you know most fun things in sports. Right. Um, so I can see them doing that, but this, this simplifies so much. Um, and it's, it's easy, like it, it's easy, digestible. You know, if you're used to American sports and playoff formats, WNBA now kind of has, has followed suit with how all of those work. And it, it, I think it's going to be for the best. I don't think any teams are going to be complaining at the end of next year that like, Oh, if we would have had the double buy, like 
you still got to lose a three game series to the eight seed from the one spot in order to get upset. Like yeah, that's you gotta pretty get, hard. To you got to get like, beat by the eight seed twice. You're yeah, going to have no one to point that. fingers at, but yourself, if you're, if you find yourself in a position where you're like, well, if we would have gotten a free ride to the seventies, maybe we would have won. Like, yeah. So I, it, I, I won't shed a tear for those teams. Interesting question coming through in the chat right now. Our, uh, Jason, um, who actually was just on the stream earlier with us, um, he's popping in. He's saying, you know, uh, wish that, you know, uh, conferences still meant something. We still technically have East and West conferences. Um, do you think that we see a return to conference, like conferences meaning something if we do get some league expansion? Let's say the league expands from 12 to 16 teams. Do you think we see an, ex- like, a change in the playoffs instead of just a pure one through eight seed, but by going to an East or West um, playoff playoff structure, like we've seen in, in like uh, say the NBA, for example, I think it, you have to have way more teams and way more games for conferences to matter because to me, conferences and divisions exist so that you get more, interesting games against regional rivals, right? That's what they originally were for. Right, right. Is like the New York Yankees and the Boston Red Sox play 162 games a year, but they play 20 against one another. And those are the games people generally want to tune into. They want to buy tickets to. They want to watch on TV. Like, even if you're a hardcore fan, you're probably not watching every single night your baseball team play, but you're going to tune into the big division matchups to see like, hey, are we going to move up in the division rankings? Are we going to, are we going to like hold off the team that's chasing us down in the standings, that sort of thing. The WNBA season is so quick and there's, there's so few teams that you don't really get the feel for, I mean, maybe you have like a, like Minnesota LA and Phoenix, Seattle, and you know, maybe now Chicago, LA, you have some matchups that definitely carry like some more weight. Um, Vegas has like, like kind of a rivalry, like a one-off rivalry with a different team every year. Um, But there's, (laughs) there's no like true, draw that's like oh even if i don't watch every other game like i'm definitely going to tune into that one and right and they play four times a year so like they really get familiar with one another and so for that reason i don't think conferences matter to me that much they do in other sports i'm not one of those people that wants the nba to just be like a strict one through 16 i think that's dumb um frankly but (laughs) but until yeah until there's more expansion until the season gets longer to me i i kind of want to see every team play everybody else roughly an equal amount of times and then when it comes time to see the playoffs just you know just make it best to worst i because otherwise you're going to end up in situations where like your fourth place team is the number one seed in like the east conference or something like that That, that's much more likely to happen with a shorter season so gotcha I, I don't mind how it's set up right now, but you know, when we're doing this show in 2040 and we've got 20 teams and, you know, 10 teams in each conference and playing and, 60 games a season. Yeah. And you've got players that, you know, maybe the, the rivalries are a little bit more juicy than they are right now. I I'm, I'm not trying to say that there aren't rivalries. I just think like for the most part, there's so much player movement in the WNBA and, like so many of the rosters are already really familiar with each other because there's only 144 players in the right. league. So you get traded like, and it's like, oh, yeah. already, I already know. You get traded twice and you're like, I know a third of the league or a fourth of the league. Yeah. 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 It's not like, uh, yeah, it's almost like there's there's already that closeness in the league that other leagues don't have. So right. I don't know how much it would it would bring to introduce like divisions and conferences in a way that was really meaningful to the playoffs. So I, I do like that we're seeing full series now. We've got basically three in the first round. It's a pure, you know, one seed versus eight seed, two versus seven and on for that three game, uh, three game series. Move into the semis and then the, in the semis, you've got a five game series and then the final still a five game series. So in reality, you're not adding a whole lot of time into this. You're you're really yeah. like time wise as far as on the calendar, it looks very similar. You are adding a lot more games, which I get excited about. I think that um, they're adding more playoff games while still only covering the same, generally the same spread yeah. of of like physical calendar days. I think that's a, a big upside there. If we can get more games. That's more times uh, that we're going to have opportunities for television and for coverage. I think that's a big win for the W. Um, kind of 
hidden a little bit within all these announcements, Logan, is that they also have added more games to the regular season, going yes. from 32 to 36. I'm curious your thoughts on on that. You just were talking about, hey, once we get more games in a season, then we could maybe look at uh, you know divisions and conferences meaning something. Um, so I'm curious on your thoughts going from 32 to 36. Yeah, absolutely love this. Uh, they already bumped it up to 32 last year after the bubble season. Now they're bumping it up again. I hope that trend continues. If it's just two or four games every year, it won't take long before we really get a substantial amount of growth in the league, which is it's better for the players. It's better for us, you know, the, the league's customers, the viewers. Um, I, I'm really excited about that. And it, it makes sense that, you know, now you have 36 games in the regular season and then you got to win eight to get to a championship. Um, but, but like we get more, like you said, we get more games to watch as a viewer, but the individual teams aren't forced to play like another quarter of the season to try to get a championship run together. Cause you got to keep that in mind, right? Like you can't have 32 games and then 15 games is the road to a title. Right. That's, you know, they're putting their bodies <laughs> through a lot already. Yeah, you're you're adding a whole, you're adding like 50% of but, the, yeah, that, that current ratio I think is really good. And it's, it just helps so much. Like think about how exciting this season was because of the movement in the standings, right? The Connecticut sun get off to a hot start. The New York Liberty get off to a hot start. Chicago dreadful at the start of the season. As soon as they right. lose Candace Parker, they look like they're the worst team in the freaking league. Mm. And then they, you know, they rise back up into contention. They put together a winning streak, like Las Vegas and Seattle, like lose a, a handful of games here and there, but they still look like powerhouses. Like, we get storylines and arcs that we can follow the longer the season lasts because the games don't, and this seems counterintuitive, but like the games don't hold so much weight. Like, like part of what makes football great is that it's 17 weeks. It used to be 16 weeks, 17 weeks. And every single game is just like, Oh, like this is going to shake things up. Like no matter what the outcome is, like the standings are going to change. Right. Baseball does the opposite. Baseball has, you know, the best team in the league halfway through the season is rarely the team that wins it all. Right. Right. Like, cause they peak too early and guys get hurt and people make trades and like, it's a long, long season. Hockey follows the same pattern. Long season. I think basketball needs to be a happy medium of those two. And the WNBA is kind of tapping into that. Like if we can get to where we're at 40 or 44 games and you can break the season into like 10 game chunks where you're like, all right, the first quarter, the second quarter, like who's, Who's good now that they're kind of on a winning streak or now that they're healthy or now if someone gets hurt two or three games into the season, their season isn't over because the season is long enough that you can get them back and like win enough games to get yourself back into contention. And I think that's really important to feel like you're in it for as long as possible. Um, So more games and plus we just get to talk about it more. It's more content. It's more, you know, people are going to score more points, set more records. Um, I think that sort of thing is important. Um, you get longer to, to take a look at who you think the MVP is. You get longer to maybe you get some rookies into the game and develop rookies more with a longer season because you need more bodies out there. Um, Lord knows we need more rookie play in this league. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, especially after this last season, a lot of interesting opportunities. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. Logan, the other thing that you brought up, uh, and I, I'm not trying to, actually belabor the point that you're saying oh like you know let's get the the east west uh to matter i'm just since you brought up more games and expansion there's been a little bit of uh some rumor mill going around oh yes as far as WNBA expansion first of all commissioner uh engelbert happened to address expansion on multiple fronts this season um you know bring it up uh especially there towards the um, during the actual like WNBA playoffs and finals, um, mm-hmm. and uh, even even during All Star, she brought up, "Yes, we're looking into expansion. Yeah, we want to make sure it's a good fit. We can't do it too fast. We got to make sure that there's the support structures there." Um, and probably um, there was probably the biggest news as far mm-hmm. as potential expansion. It really comes from Elena Beard. And a uh, a group that she has put together for a possible team in Oakland, and yeah. she was very specific to say not the Bay Area, not San Francisco, 
Oakland, like the city of Oakland. So, um, I, I'm pretty, I'm pretty excited. I think that would be a fantastic market for the WNBA to expand into. I think that it, uh, would automatically create some inherent rivalries with say, like the Sparks to have a team like Oakland and LA. Um, they could be kind of a cool, you know, in-state rivalry there. Uh, kind of that Bay Area and, and, uh, Southern California, you know, clash. I, I know that works out in a lot of other sports as well. Um, ex- I'm excited about that potential, um, and, and what that could mean for the league to expand into that market. That's a yeah. huge market that is untouched right now by the league that I think, um, and it's an area and a demographic that I think would, would really welcome with open arms a WNBA franchise. So, yeah, I'm curious what your thoughts were when that news broke. Yeah, uh, two things seem obvious to me. One is that Oakland is dying for a sports team. Yes. Uh, obviously, being being a sports fan in, in California, like you have lots of options, and I understand that. But, you know, they lost the Raiders, which is a big deal. The A's are kind of perpetually looking to move. I think they, they really badly... They, they kind of remind me of San Diego in the sense that San Diego lost... The Chargers, and I feel like I'm forgetting one, but like things were leaving San Diego. And then like the Padres were good for like the first little sliver of this last baseball season. Mm-hmm. And the whole city just rallied around the like because they were just like, we don't have anything else. Like, like we're all in on this Padres team now that's been miserable for 20 years because this is our only like so like team, like our source of pride. And so I think Oakland is a really smart opportunity business wise for the WNBA Obviously, a great basketball area of the country. Um, for for that reason, I, because I think they're starving for a team that's like their local team um, that they can get on board with. Obviously, the Sparks will instantly hate them. Um, yes, like bef- before they even announce what players are going to that team, they will hate them like blood <laughs> rivals, um, which is fun. Um, the the second thing I think is is obvious is that expansion is inevitable. But it's better to err on the side of doing it a year late than a year early. Agreed. And I think Kathy Engelbert recognizes like it's better to be at like full saturation with our current markets before we like spill over like overflow into another market than go too early and kind of kind of delay the, like yeah like the momentum the league has been building over the last I'm gonna say five years because that's how long we've been doing the show so that's how much I really can recognize. Like it's I, I know we're still fighting for better media coverage and all sorts of things that need to be fought. And that's all valid. But it's it's improved drastically, especially under Kathy Engelbert's leadership. And I don't want them to put a hiccup in the middle of that momentum by trying to spread into different markets and cities too early and maybe thinning out the town of the league too much and causing there to be you know, games that don't matter. Like just, I, I don't want to see 120 to 60 blowouts because some, some teams are stacked with four all-stars and other teams have nothing. Right. Like I, I think we're getting to the point where every year there's players on benches or not making teams that make Twitter wonder like how, like how are they not on a team? Like right. we need more spots. How like, is that person need... not good enough to be in the league? But, yeah. but like it's, it's a careful balance. And I, I think Kathy's going to, I trust her to do it the right way. Um, but it, it seems inevitable that it will happen. It's obviously in their five-year plan somewhere. It's just, you know, I'm sure they're looking at a lot of numbers to make sure that it's not going to, you know, sidetrack. Because they they basically have to get everything right. It's one of the unfair things about being a female professional league in this country. Yes. Is one wrong move. And instantly the only thing people will cover about the league is that they opened a team in Oakland and then it folded. Yeah. Like, it's the only thing people will pay attention to. And so they, they really can't afford to have that happen. Um, so they have to be more cautious than maybe other leagues would be. Um, another, uh, I mean, it, it, what's sad about this, <laughs> this next bit is that there's people who've been clamoring for a Toronto franchise for literally yeah. years now and have actually put in some legwork. We know that there's some grassroots movements already that have been there for a few years to potentially bring a WNBA franchise to Toronto. Um, uh, pro con here pro one of the most popular musicians in all of the world tweeted about it and said, 
You know, <laughs> so Drake tweets out, hey, yo, at WNBA, we need a team in Toronto. If he's down to be a part of bringing it there, awesome. Um, so the pro is it got eyes on this potential thing that's happening. The con <laughs> is that if it happens now, he gets a lot of the credit. <laughs> Whereas <laughs> there's been a lot of people I know, uh, working really hard and trying to make this, make this actually happen. Do you think that there are some legitimate legs to a Toronto franchise oh, yeah. within the next decade or so? Toronto's an awesome sports city. They're an awesome basketball city. Um, they're a city that's outfitted to almost immediately host like an all-star game or a finals or some like yes. a commissioner's cup, something like that. Um, they're a city I would personally love to go to if that sort of thing ever happened. Um, the Toronto six is my women's hockey team. Uh, they like that, that has nothing they're to do blessed. with it, but the, just the fact that there already exists like, like female athletes in the city are already kind of trying to make this movement happen. Um, not that there aren't, you know, an equal amount going on in, in other cities in, in the U S like I know college sports is a big, you know, obviously like a big segue into professional sports. Right. So that's like, why we have Connecticut sun, right? Right. Like that's right. that's, that's why Connecticut has a team. Um, but I think Toronto is a very natural market to want to break into. Um, I think it makes a lot of business sense. Um, I would honestly love to see it They're They're probably, they might be my number one on my list, even above even above the Oakland group yeah, in terms I, of where I would most want to see a team. Agreed. I, I would love to see a team come into Toronto. Um, they're probably, yeah, I, I'm with you. They're probably at the top of my list as far as like if I could get that. I mean, obviously, selfishly, I'd love to get a, a pro team back here in Utah. That would make uh, covering the league a lot easier if it was just an hour away. Um, however... However, uh, outside of that, as far as like places that I think should legitimately get one first, Toronto's right at the top of that list. Um, and, and so I'm with you on that one. Logan, can we move on to another tidbit of news here that my, is probably my favorite bit of news that has dropped in the last uh, little while? Can we talk about Asia Durr? Yeah, this is happy news. This is the happiest of all news. This is a Durr pod. This <laughs> we love Asia Durr and honestly, it's been like it's been kind of a gutting experience to watch her her entire, you know, career completely halted. Um I know everybody's been affected by the pandemic um and I'm not going to minimize uh what a lot of of people have gone through. Asia, uh, but you know, Asia Durr had an opportunity coming in, you know, just at the top of the college basketball game, comes in, starts to make a splash and has had to sit the last two seasons out because of, co of long term COVID complications. And we haven't seen her for two seasons because of it. She was finally cleared to play basketball after nearly two years finally cleared to play basketball and we could not be more ecstatic uh, for Asia Durr and uh, just all of the WNBA and what, what she means to women's basketball fans across the country and across the world. So I'm just excited now. Obviously she's got a lot of work to do as far as getting back uh, everything, you know, she, she hadn't been cleared. And so she probably really limited on workouts if there were workouts available. Um, so she's got a long road ahead of her, but I'm really excited to see how she attacks that. And if anybody can come back from something like this, it's Asia Durr. And, uh, just, I, I couldn't go any longer on this podcast without bringing it up. Logan, just what was, what was your initial reaction when you saw, yeah. Um, her, tw uh, I guess it was on her Instagram live that she officially announced it, but yeah, what were, what were you thinking? Yeah. My quick thoughts on this is, uh, or I guess they are that, uh, first of all, good for her. Um, second, good for the Liberty user, their team that's building. She's 24 years old. They're so young. They have so much potential. Um, and the last thing is that the, if you read the piece on ESPN about her comeback, um, this healing from COVID symptoms is generally not linear when right. they hit you as hard as, as they hit her. So 
it's not just that she has to come back from being out of commission for all this time and get herself back into pro athlete shape. It's that some days she feels up to the task and other days it just lays you out. Um, and that would be intensely frustrating, right? It, like any sort of rehab is, is frustrating. Like if you bust an ACL and you have to take a year to like relearn how to trust that knee, it's yes. miserable. Like you have to, you have to get it back physically. You have to get it back mentally. This is, this is kind of a different challenge because you might go to the gym one day and just feel back to yourself and feel like you finally made it. And the very next day, it could just be you have a hard time concentrating. You don't feel like you can breathe. Like it's it's a really weird ailment. Um, it's not one that I wish on anybody. So, you know, good for her for coming back. We're starting to see, you know, athletes cope with this now that it's been around for 18 months plus. Um, but there's still so much that we don't know about it. And I just hope that we get to see her in, in the Liberty uniform doing her thing because um, both for her sake and for New York, I, I'm excited for that team and I'm excited for the type of player she could be. Logan, let's close out the podcast tonight by just let's talk some NCAA hoops, man. Let's <laughs> let's yeah. hit this um, right now as it currently stands. There's been um, some pretty big games already happening um, in uh, women's college basketball right now. Um, some of the bigger games, I think probably the biggest game that we've seen so far, um, that I would consider was probably the Texas upset over Stanford. I think that was a, that was a huge, um, that was a huge one. Um, obviously the Arizona win was big. Uh, and so I, I think obviously there's a, there's a few, uh, big games. I think Kentucky, Indiana and them going back and forth there. Um, Indiana really taking care of business against a Kentucky team that just might feature the number one overall pick, uh, of this next, uh, WNBA draft in Ryan Howard. So, um, I'm just really excited. Uh, let me just, let me just run through the top 25 as it stands right now, just in case those of you, uh, listening haven't had a chance to, uh, to check this out. We've got South Carolina coming at number one, Yukon at two, Maryland at three, Indiana at four, NC State at five. We've got, there's a soft spot for NC State on, hmm. on this podcast. Baylor at six, Stanford at seven, Iowa at eight, Oregon at nine, Louisville at 10. There's your top 10. I was three and zero and down at number eight. They're not getting, I think, the the respect that Caitlin Clark deserves quite yet. They're on their way up. <laughs> they'll, I think they'll get there. I think I think uh, we're gonna see. I think Iowa this year, maybe not, but maybe next year. Yeah. I think Iowa is gonna be a top four or five program, like solidly all season yeah. long. So I'm excited. Also, and I'd love to see him do it this year. Yeah, we we. Sh- I won't stop and talk about every team because we're going to go through the 25, but I think Maryland is a team to watch this year. They're number three in the standings right now. They're just beating the crap out of teams. Yes. Um, so we'll, we'll Angel, keep on that. I'm just saying Angel Reese is the real deal. Yeah. Love Angel Reese and what she does out of Maryland. Um, let me run through the other, uh, the rest of the top 25 here. Um, Arizona at 11, Texas at 12. Both of those teams uh, started quite, quite a ways down in the rankings, but obviously with, each of them picking up a big time win um, in the first couple games of the season, uh, jumping way up in the standings. Uh, Michigan at 13, Iowa State at 14, Oregon State at 15, Tennessee at 16, Florida State at 17, Georgia Tech at 18, Kentucky, UC- Kentucky at 19, and UCLA at 20. Um, and then fit, rounding out the top 25, Ohio State, West Virginia, South Virginia, or South Florida, excuse me, Texas A&M and Virginia Tech finishing things off at number 25. Um, Logan, as I look through these, there's a few names that I've been really stoked on, uh, so far. I already mentioned Angel Reese. Um, I think that she's the real deal. I think obviously Haley Van Lith, uh, could be, uh, uh, Really, really solid for Louisville. Obviously, Louisville had that big loss or, or that kind of last second loss to Arizona. I think Arizona's, uh, they, I thought that they'd start the season a little bit higher. Um, even, uh, even though they did lose McDonald to the WNBA draft, but, um, I thought they'd start a little higher after making that run that they did. Uh, Destiny Henderson coming on strong for South Carolina. Love what we're seeing from her. Um, obviously Paige Beckers, 34 points. Uh, that she dropped, uh, against Arkansas. That's huge. Um, 
Stanford is stacked again, even though they lost to Texas, they are a stacked team. They're starting five, especially their bigs, uh, uh, are really solid. Uh, Lexi Hole coming in strong, uh, right out the gate with some, with some solid points here. Um, Ryan Howard already mentioned Ryan Howard might be probably the early season, um, favorite to go number one in this next draft. Um, really excited about what we see, uh, from her. Um, you mentioned Caitlin Clark out of Iowa. Uh, excited there. There's, there's so many players that we could, uh, we could spend the rest of the, you know, we could spend another hour just going through and, and talking about big time names. Um, one last one I'll throw out there. Kate Reese really pacing Arizona. Um, did I already mention Kate Reese? I may have already mentioned Kate Reese, but Kate, Re- Kate Reese pacing Arizona. Um, excited about what we see, uh, coming out of there. Logan, uh, anybody I missed or any thoughts on these top 25 teams and, and, uh, um, yeah, just what's your overall view and feel on, on this season for, for <laughs> well, co- I, women's college basketball? I could go the full Mike Wilbon take and just be like, ah, talk to me after Christmas. Like none of this matters. <laughs> like it's too early. It's, it's, we're not even at Thanksgiving yet. Like you can't tell anything, but, uh, it certainly feels like the ACC and Pac-12 are going to be well represented once again. Mm. Um, I, you know, I'm always keeping an eye on the Beavers at Oregon State. Um, we'll, we'll see what they do this year. Uh, I know our, our not so friendly friends to the South BYU looks like they've got another team that's going to be in the bracket this year. Um, trying to think of any other like major standouts, really the, the one that you mentioned. I, I think, uh, Texas getting that early win against a good opponent matters. Um, and I'm also interested to see what Arizona does after Arizona's run last year in the, in the, in the playoffs, in the bracket. Yeah. Um, I kind of feel, like a soft spot towards them, which is not something I anticipated. Um, and then Texas A&M. Texas A&M is another one of those teams where I, I kind of want to see if they could put together another run or if last year was just kind of an aberration. So right. um, just, I mean, there's a lot of teams to watch out for. It kind of depends on who your favorite players are right now. Paige Beckers already has like a million, billion fans. Um, so I understand that she's, she's going to be out there. Caitlin Clark already has a pair of triple doubles on the year or is that right? I, I saw something the other day that she's already like putting together her little like mini Sabrina campaign this year. So that'll <laughs> I'm be glad. Fun. And then Van Lith, we're all we're a Van Lith pod through and through. We're all in on them. Um, and then we've got backpack beats in our chat here on Twitch uh, because we're streaming this show on Twitch, saying the LSU might be a team to watch this. Could year. be that would that would surprise me um, if if they got in. But I think if they got into the field. Uh, they, they might be one of those teams that could play spoiler because they're, they're not starting right. from a place where they're going to be ranked particularly high, but if they battle their way in, it means they're doing something right. So yeah, can keep an eye on the, keep an eye on the Tigers. Um, I'm glad you brought up, uh, Oregon state, Talia von, von Olhoffen. I'm terrible at, at pronouncing her name, but Talia von Olhoffen, uh, really, really solid starting out for Oregon, um, you know, pacing them pretty solid over these I think She's like 18 points and 19 points in their first couple of games, something like that. Um, South Carolina, destiny yeah. Henderson, Aliyah Boston, that whole roster is just stacked. They are so good. And I really think that this, I know they're number one overall, Guys, they're number one overall for a reason. That's a very, very good basketball team um, out of Columbia. I think, uh, and and you know what? I think is is uh, we didn't we didn't mention this, but it, it kind of fits in the same category here. Um, but did you see Don Staley and what she did um, with her championship net? Did you catch oh, that no, at I, all? I, I didn't. What is she? I didn't see that. She passed on a small piece of her championship net to every black female head coach in college basketball. In Division mm-hmm. I college basketball, black female head coach, every one of them received a piece of her championship net. Um, I think that's pretty, pretty incredible. Um, that, uh, and I, I think that just needs to be brought up here for sure. Um, you know, and, and what that can mean. Uh, for black women in particular in college basketball and in particular in the coaching uh, situations that we see in college basketball. So really excited about, um, about this upcoming season. Um, obviously Kentucky with the loss to Indiana, but 
I, I really, I'm interested to see if Ryan Howard's really going to take this season and, um, lock it down and really come in as like kind of the clear cut favorite to go first overall. That's where I've got her right now, but this is a long season and there's a lot yeah. of other players that are really solid. Things can change. Um, so I, I definitely will have my eye on Ryan Howard. Obviously I, I'm actually a big Kentucky fan already. Um, but you know, in addition to that, I have watched Howard's career over the last several seasons and, and I'm pretty excited to see what, uh, what comes out of that. So, um, Logan, we're, we're going to deep, we're going to dive a little bit deeper into all of NCAA women, uh, as the season progresses, uh, we'll keep an eye on things, uh, on some underclassmen, but, uh, obviously we'll, we'll have a little bit of an emphasis on, on players that are probably going to be available for this upcoming WNBA draft, um, and taking a look there. So stay tuned for more, uh, college women's basketball, um, as we, as we enter into our off season, but Logan, we've taken up a, a decent chunk of real estate tonight. Um, I've loved this. I, uh, I, I think it's just been nice to be back on mic and especially yeah, this, this feels good. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's good to just be feels back. Right. Yeah. And, uh, and so don't, uh, don't go anywhere. We've got plenty more content coming your way. And, uh, so make sure that you're subscribed wherever you happen to be listening to us. Um, we do have a five star review that I want to read before we take oh, off for the night. Hit the drop. Five star reviews. All right, we got a five star review here coming in from Curly C76. Uh, five star review titled New WNBA Fan 2021. They say, Hey, found your pod when I decided to become a WNBA fan back in April. I listen to, I listen to a lot of pods and every time you drop a new episode, I make it the next pod to listen to in my rotation. Appreciate your love of the WNBA. You have really helped me appreciate all of the teams and women in this amazing league instead of just my local Connecticut team. I live in New Hampshire and can't wait for this pandemic to be over so I can go cheer in person. Thank you, Curly C76. We appreciate that. Um, more than you, more than you know. We really, really do. Great review. We appreciate that. Awesome. If, uh, if you are listening to the show right now and would like to leave us a quick five star review, all you gotta do is click the five stars. You don't have to type one out. However, if you do, it's a nice way for us to be able to read that out loud and give you a shout out, uh, here live on the show. We've got some big news coming down the pipeline that we can't reveal quite yet. We're still working on some back end, uh, uh, deals there. And so we're excited, but stay tuned. We've got some cool announcements coming your way as far as additional content and additional interactions, um, and ways that we can connect with each of you. But Logan, anything else that you want to share before we go ahead and sign off for the night? Nah, this was super fun. Uh, just like that review from Curly C said, we're, we're going to keep you up to date on all the teams, all the haps. Uh, that's, I, I hear that's what the kids are saying these all days. All the haps, bro. So sound like you're hanging out with high schoolers too. Yeah. <laughs> you're up you're up with the sl- with the slang i like it yeah yeah so uh so yeah um just keep tuning in look for our our show to to pop up uh i mean we'll we'll tweet out when we're, we're recording so you can come join us on twitch and then um just keep it fresh on your feed i'm really looking forward to the next couple months of coverage i think it's gonna be a lot of fun um i promise i won't be out of the country at any point um <laughs> between now and march so no promises after that <laughs> all right well, everybody, thank you for listening to our first official off-season episode for the uh, 2021-2022 off-season uh, for WNBA Nation. I'm Kyle Haywood. I'm Logan Jones. And we got you next time. <laughs>